Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ash Millman. Hello. And Josh Brown. Hello. We come to you, the whole world, and each other the day after finding out Last of Us 2 has been delayed indefinitely, which sounds more catastrophic than it probably is. It's mainly, uh, obviously, down to the fact that the, the whole the whole big old, slightly apocalyptic, pandemic-y coronavirus COVID thing's going on, and they can't guarantee full rollout uh, in terms of physical copies and things like that, so they're delaying it until the entire world can experience it at the same time and we do have josh you did a video on the real reason why it's been delayed yes the um, real reason um revealed courtesy of jason schreier um of kotaku which who essentially clarified that um it's not a problem with naughty dog or the game's development because the game is more or less finished they're just fixing mm -hmm. bugs it's the fact that sony can't print discs at the moment or ship <laughs> them out to shops because all the shops are closed and all the manufacturers mm -hmm. are shutting down so they're essentially just waiting to maximize the rollout and give it the launch that it deserves. But I do mm -hmm. want everyone to know, right, I experienced this game's delay exactly like that community meme, you know, when Donald Glover <laughs> goes out and he returns everything on fire. <laughs> we were doing that charity stream last night and I popped out to do a toilet and I came back and you guys were talking about something and Ash was saying, it's an April Fool's, it's an April Fool's. And Scott it was is. Like, no, man, it's that not was the April weirdest Fools. thing because when that happened and like I couldn't figure it out, I couldn't know what was going on and Osley was saying that it was, yeah, it was indefinitely delayed and then Ash, you were like, no, it's an April Fool. Yeah, it is. And I want to believe that. It's it not is. an April Fool. It's just come it's, a bit late. Was... I, I don't know what they're doing with this lightness, but I can only assume it's another delay on that front. But it's, yeah, it's just an April Fool. I been delayed. It's, uh, oh God, but figuring that out in the absolute madness that was like being live and then like, yeah, being told that it's been delayed indefinitely um, was not a nice time. Yeah. And so, yeah, at the minute we're just, we're waiting however long it takes for things to get back to normal and shops to open again um, so they can put the game out. Um, but yeah, I guess initially, because we're going to, we're going to break down, they've released a whole batch of new screenshots. We're going to talk about um, sort of some of the details that are in there, some of the predictions, and we can just talk about Last of Us 2 stuff in general. But what do you guys come down on the delay? Were you immediately gutted or are you more? Oh, okay with it. Immediately gutted, immediately gutted because you it, it's felt like so long coming and is the game that everyone is excited for and is such an exciting thing on the horizon that was like a little <laughs> light in this whole dark time. And um, for it to be delayed, it's just really disappointing. And then to learn that it's delayed literally because of um, physical disc-like launches, um, I felt that stung a bit. I get it and it's fair and I'm, mm. I'm happy they've got time to refine it and do it properly because that's the thing. They got one release, haven't they? And if you 
you want it to be right. But yeah, instant instant upset. Ben Roy was probably the the most upset on the live stream, mm. and um, I felt I felt his pain like. <laughs> I just like the amount of people that have like switched over to just buying digitally. Like I tend to buy digital the vast majority. Like Final Fantasy Seven, uh, the remake, when they when Square Enix put their statement out, they were like, "Oh, you know, um, it's it's going to affect production, it's going to affect the launch, but we're going to do it anyway." Um, and I think I don't know, like, where do you guys come down on the actual, the, like, yeah, the reason being the physical distribution thing? I guess just physical sales count for way more than you might think. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been trying to like rack this in me brains this morning. I think final. I've said in the news, I think that Final Fantasy Seven, the way that's been handled, is probably you know influenced Sony's decision quite massively because although they've mm. done the right decision they've released it digitally still and they've explained that look um, physical copies are kind of going to be all over the place we've already seen that street date broken we've seen a lot of people oh, playing God. it now hundreds if not thousands of people are already playing it before the review embargo is even you know it, it, genuinely it makes the review totally worth it it makes the review <laughs> so worth it I'm glad that you know it's out there and I, but, I yeah I'm glad exactly. I can talk about it but imagine if that happened to like The Last of Us, which again I said in the news is like it's such a story-driven game, and everyone is going to be you know wondering what happens to these characters. Imagine if thousands oh. of people were just playing it before you could get a chance to get your hands on it. People and posting were spoilers. All out. Yeah, <laughs> this might be the sort of thing that um, could be whatever the biggest spoilers are. Like yeah, screenshot does the rounds, a couple of sentences do the rounds. Um, I don't know. Like when this when this finally drops, like yeah, they didn't talk about story stuff in the statement. They just said it was like like you said, Josh, it was related. To the production and like the means of production stuff um, but like I mean when it eventually drops I'm going to just live on it until it's done like, I can't you know even risk the idea of something being ruined like it, considering how important it is for this story to be told no I'm the same like I, I'm, I'm still debating whether or not to take a day off for it but I think at the very <laughs> least if it comes out on a Friday I will be playing it through to Sunday night and not checking mm. any internet at all or even oh. talking to you guys about it I'll come to you guys after I've finished it with complete thoughts <laughs> <laughs> just come covered in sweat and grease just like it is the end no absolutely the same like it it needs to be a full straight experience there is no breaks allowed only sleeping and it's like sleep in front of the TV wake up turn it back on that's what the sort of level it's going to be when it actually comes out I also was going to say like the Cyberpunk or CD Projekt Red are yet to uh, you know get in the same boat they did suffer one big delay but they said don't worry we're going to move all of our workforce remotely which is the way they're like we're beaming in from uh, you know our own homes and stuff Um, and they haven't chimed back in to say like yeah, assumedly Cyberpunk is still on track but like for the rest of the year um, Cyberpunk and Last of Us were like the big two and that yeah. was that was it so I don't know if like that's going to happen too I guess it's like I don't know like I um, there's plenty to play right now so I'm not I, I don't hate the fact that Last of Us has been delayed it's just that when you talk about games of the year it was mainly a three way toss up between Doom, Last of Us and Cyberpunk and Doom might end up just winning it by default if this goes on for the rest of the year yeah, yeah maybe like the Jason Schreier tweets that he made about the delay last night the the most horrible and yet one that i perversely can't stop reading is someone asked him whether or not other which which companies will be impacted by imminent delays and he Mm. just replied all of them (laughs) which which is incredible it's like okay every game the emperor yeah yeah all of them (sighs) yeah it's uh, i mean like we you guys already did a part on like how games are getting you through kind of thing and just for me there is like a window opportunity for them to you know you have a captive audience you have people at home who want to play something um, where do you guys come down on the conversations that we're doing the rounds as to like is The Last of Us even appropriate right now like could you Ooh. I could totally just play it like I, I'm not in that camp that's just sort of like because some people were basically saying that look I, it would be hard to play this game because of the parallels between quarantining and a, a virus outbreak etc etc but for me 
it's so much of a break from reality yeah. that I'm like, well, whatever. I think that's uh, you wipe out a whole genre of film and game if you say it's too similar to real life. And the whole thing of the the whole thing of these um, sort of films and games and everything is sometimes to mirror um, society and look at different out, outputs and outbreaks and that sort of thing. Um, for me personally, it wouldn't be too close. In fact, the closeness I think would make it more engaging to play because you're like, mm. oh my god, at least there's these parallels and this that and the other. Um, but the appropriateness of it um, relies firmly on if it was aping this situation, which it's mm-hmm. not. It came out pre. It was like obviously designed years ago and has been going through years and years of production before we knew anything like this was going to happen. So it's not like they're capitalising on a situation um, no. that is an awful world pandemic. They are telling their own story that has been in the works for years. So I think that needs to be. Um, kind of recognized as well that they're not going oh, okay here's this and here's our version it's more like oh this is awful like, timing if a dev turned this around in that time frame was just sort of like well there's clearly a massive you know niche right now that we can sort of gain on we might as well maximize the time yeah, yeah. Like, plague the game i do but, uh, uh, like yeah. i fully agree with what ash said there i think it's like a very sort of a personal thing you know what i mean like when i saw the headlines last night and it was i think the headline i saw was saying that you know naughty dog don't think it's the right time that's initially what mm. i thought before I read the um, the whole article, I thought, oh, maybe it's because of, you know, what's going on right now. Maybe they don't think it's the right time to release it. And for mm-hmm. me personally, I think, you know, it's fine if you want to indulge in that kind of media, obviously, you know, whatever gets you through. If you, there's certainly some comfort to be found in the real world parallels, like Ash said. For me, I'm kind of on the other, on the other side of that coin, whereas, you know, I'm not watching Contagion. And even when I see the, <laughs> see the trailer for, um, it's the new, this Train to Busan sequel, I keep seeing that advertised oh, everywhere. Peninsula. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, and I'm so excited for that, but at the same yeah. time, man, it's not even close to you know. It's it's it feels bad to equate what's happening now with zombie movies, but even that, yeah. even that distance, I'm like. I can wait a few months before I watch this. In uh, in that vein, Contagion could be a documentary. Like, it's ridiculous how one-to-one that thing is. Like, watching it, I was like, oh, so it originated from a wet market and like all this stuff and everyone's panic buying and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this just feels like someone's just stuck a camera on the wall. But I I found that really comforting, like, as in a strange way. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, I was like, as much as, as horrible as Contagion is and the way that it plays out, seeing that someone had, like made a piece of media about it and Mm. fictionalized it and um kind of turned it into this story that ends okay you know what i mean i i i related to that more okay you know what i mean they get uh, they the end of contagion is they see a vaccine produced and all that sort of thing so at least i was like okay geez um but it's like (laughs) even zombie media and that sort of thing where it's like okay it's the end of the world it's the apocalypse all these horrible things are happening um there's always like lights in those stories and points where the characters are having a good time with something or finding a a fun thing with Mm. something even if it's a very small understated moment and I think it makes you pick out those in real life as well a little bit more and focus on the good things and that sort of thing Um, also again seeing a fictionalised version of it where it's too pushed to its extreme also I don't know maybe it's perspective I I have no idea Mm. for me it's it's I don't know, maybe it's a morbid interest. I have no idea, but I, I, I think Last when, of Us would be good to play. Yeah, I remember when Benroy uh, like said, oh yeah, I'm watching Contagion. That was in like day one. It was like, yeah. we talk over word that things were going to change. And he's like, I'm going to watch Contagion. There and is I was a- like, Really? There is a there's a great uh, YouTube video by uh, someone called Dan Olson who's just done mm. just, just done a video called it's like great. why I can't stop watching Contagion. It's He's so watching it all day though, like yeah, day by day. But it's I I, to- I can totally get it, even though that's not I, I 
I'm stumbling over my words because I know if I did watch that movie, I'd be the same. I wouldn't be able to stop watching it. And that's why I've had to kind of force myself to not put it on because mm. there is a sort of perverse comfort in it hitting so close to home that I think, mm-hmm. you know, if if you can get some benefit from that, that's really, really good. It's weird. I think, yeah, and another thing for The Last of Us in terms of, like, you know, is it right to drop it right now is that, like, the theme of the game, according to Neil Druckmann, was hate. And it's just like, it's, and loads of stuff that they've put out. I mean, one of the early sort of, I'm not going to say controversies, but one of the early talking points was that uh, initial reveal. I don't know if it was the very first reveal trailer, but the one where the guy says, like, clip her wings and they hit the, the hammer, attacks that woman, and it's all grim and horrible. And it's just like, I wonder how many people have the appetite for something like that. Like you said, it's like you could kind of steer directly into it, but um, they have a, they ha- they're about to release something that is, like, notably dark and macabre oh. and twisted. And I'm so there for it. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, I absolutely. As, as someone who, whenever they feel a bit sad or angry or have any sort of negative emotion, um, turns to like either horror movies or like heavy metal or whatever, or like things that reflect, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that reflects yeah. that um, inner turmoil in a way that then produces something of a story around it. I, I think having that outlet is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously for certain people, it's not going to work for others. This is very much a personal story. And if people want to avoid it, I totally understand and think that that's absolutely fine as well. But I think kind of playing into dark horrible things and and seeing those out again it, there's a weird there's a it's weird cathartic. Com- yeah cathartic that's that's the word for it isn't it there's there's a there's a playing out of it where you think okay geez let's just get all this out in one horrible go and then yeah. uh, do some other stuff that's nice afterwards it's kind of like that meme isn't it you know when the guy's out in the rain and he's pouring the shower on him or something he's pouring you know all the water <laughs> on top of him it's listening to sad music at 3 a.m when you're already sad there's something surprisingly comforting in just indulging in those emotions you've got to embrace it like yeah. you've got to embrace it if you run away from it it'll just chase you you've I got to embrace it there's a bit of it that's kind of like it makes you feel less alone in those horrible feelings as well because you see something um, of a world that's maybe reflective of what's going on at the moment in a mm. strange exaggerated paralleled way um, mm. and then you're like oh okay well it, it's it's comforting in that sense where you're seeing something so similar so it makes you feel less alone like that and listening to the sad music when it, again when you're at 3am with the shower and the rain and everything it's like oh okay well this person has had all these feelings as well and I can relate to that and it's kind of like seeing all these angry people in The Last of Us and all the horrible things that they go through maybe is cathartic in that sense because you're like Mm -hmm. oh okay well these feelings exist out of my own self-loathing bubble that I'm having perhaps at the time you know what I mean I think that that's something to be said for it basically we heartily recommend Contagion and the real <laughs> Animal Crossing is The Last of Us 2 yeah. no, that's the thing. no 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 exactly <laughs> the wholesome, what I a <laughs> wholesome conduit um, we should talk about the new screenshots because to kind of placate people they have put out um, I don't know how many it's like 20 odd screenshots um, which sort of allude to uh, more scenes that will be happening one of the things um, that I kind of wanted to pick out is uh, this show I'm not, I was going to call him Young Joel but Joel as he was at the end of The Last of Us the first one um, and they did show um, it's like Joel and Tommy sort of overlooking the camp um, and it seems that we're going to be getting way more scenes direct, like set directly after The Last of Us I thought they were always going to jump forward to two but I guess they're going to show more of how Joel and Ellie's relationship maybe goes sideways and fractures and maybe that's why he leaves and has to come back when she's back on the road yeah, I mean, I think going back at the other, uh, going back to watch the other trailers in preparation for this podcast, that was already kind of hinted. The one mm-hmm. where you know Ellie's at the dance and it's cutting between that and like mm-hmm. the violence and stuff. I wonder whether that sort of you know jumping around in time and integrating non-linear storytelling is going to be more present. And these mm-hmm. you know screenshots seem to suggest that. I like the idea that we're going to get that gap between one and two fleshed out because 
you know, I want to see Joel and Ellie at least kind of happy living this fake lie, you know, everything's mm -hmm. all right. We're just going to accept what <laughs> happened at the end as tr at the end of the first game as truth and try to move on for it. And then how that sort of fractures over time, I think, you know, this might be the last time we ever get to see these characters spend time together. And I want mm -hmm. as much of their relationship to be fleshed out as possible. Yeah, I was. I guess in terms of it was like aesthetics. Like, yeah, there's that one. I think it, is it Dina that mentions Joel in that initial bit when they're standing together, or one of the members of the camp does. Um, but actually seeing him, I was like, okay, that's the green shirt. That's yeah. him. Sort of just that's still Joel. Because um, there's such a comparison to how weathered and beaten and like torn down he looks in like the other screenshots. And um, I love as well how they put out a shot reverse shot of him standing with Ellie, um, just to literally address the last time when uh, <laughs> I was obsessed, thinking that Joel was a ghost. Um, because they showed Ellie turning around and then when it cuts to Joel, it's still a reverse shot, but the stuff that's behind him in that scene looks like a totally different scene. And everyone was like, oh my God, maybe this means that like, it's, they're taking it from a different part of the game and he's not real. Um, and that was, I, I think, um, you know, one of the talking points there was that that was how Joel looks, like that he sort of just looks like that in, in Last of Us 2. So for me, it was kind of cool just to see that like it's a direct continuation or at least some mm. scenes are nigh on a direct continuation. Um, but yeah, I guess it's like, what do you guys think they'll they'll go for in terms of their relationship like it'll just be beat for beat this is this is why they're, they end up hating each other like Ellie has to find out the truth pretty quickly Ooh, I, don't, I have no idea how it's going to play out and I quite like that I think that there's um, mm. there's potential for them to hate each other there's potential for them to respect each other when Ellie goes through this horrible hatred story as well and uh, understands why these things happen I think she does already at the end of The Last of Us she, she understands it she grasps it and um, there's loads of speculation that she accepts that because she doesn't want to go against it or whatever and there's never going to be any hate there because she she chose that lie herself as well mm -hmm. but we'll see I don't I, I I have no idea I'm very happy to watch it play out is the sort of thing I've come here for speculation I'm like yeah I don't know let's see um, but that, that's the way I want it to be as well I think that things have shifted so much from what people first expected with him being a with a ghost and it seems very much not that he's a ghost now that um, it could go Josh, you were anyway. maybe still on that train right right for one the tinfoil hat is still firmly on and I still kind of believe that he might be there for some of the game but he's brown Good. bread before the first third it's too obvious though they can't surely they can't I don't know they can't just kill I don't Joel. know but you, you, made a, you made a point there Scott that I've never actually thought about even though it's been banged on about that the theme of the game is hate I've mm -hmm. never ever thought about that being in reference to Ellie and Joel I thought like their love Ooh. or whatever or their mm. relationship would be the sort of you know the light in between this hatred happening around mm -hmm. Ellie and never never thought about that being you know reflective of their new dynamic and that mm -hmm. that makes me a bit scared to be honest <laughs> there's a um, there's a whole like uh, line of like psychological thought that is all about the way that you process love and hate and they're like in similar parts of the brain I'm getting all super deep but it's like it's this whole thing where if you invite someone and you you know and you reveal yourself to them you, you fall in love if that person then does something that is like a big old negative or does something that puts you in a bad light it's um, it can it'll hurt even more it has that sort of like you know uh, natural reaction where you just sort of snap and things like that and um, and I like them exploring that sort of the, the dynamic that both that, that love and hate are on just two sides of the same coin like to, to some yeah. degree especially if they're in like this weird uh, post-apocalypse where everything is amplified and survival is like you know paramount and things can go wrong at any moment um, but yeah in terms of like because another thing in terms of characters that might just be straight up dead 
bed is they show Dina in this they show her um, lying down with Ellie in bed and I want way more of that I want them to actually I don't just want her to be the, the character that's like served up to be killed and then we move on to you know this is what you guys came back for it's like the main event of Joel and Ellie like I kind of hope there's some twist there that they are hiding like that there's way more to that I kind yeah. of hope that she's taken away rather than killed straight mm. away like but I, I agree that I don't want to use as some sort of plot device when she seems like she's got her own personality and loads mm-hmm. of stuff that's really great and interesting about her like I want to learn about Dina and not just have her as the fridge um, <laughs> so it, it, it would definitely be good for her to be taken and then see things from perhaps her perspective as well or that get opened up later in the game rather than oh, okay here's this girl that Ellie is um, really close with all this sort of mm-hmm. thing pop she's gone oh Avenger it just, yeah it seems like it would be like a waste and plus like, there's so much that they do in terms of um, you know like over the course of the first game with Ellie just never really finding any solace like I always feel for her like the bit when she smiles in one of the early trailers absolutely breaks me because I'm just like the fact that she can be happy considering how much she's been through is one of the things that I'm there for the most mm-hmm. and I think I would hope that Naughty Dog are better writers than just being like look here's her solace here's her end point and then we rip it away and that leads to her hating um, I hope that there's just more to that um, what do you guys think of the, the screenshot where it shows what looks like I'm going to assume Tommy's camp burning do you think it's Tommy's place Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I think it has to be, you know. I feel like that's mm. got to go. It's too much of a home base. And for me, like, when it, when you play The Last of Us, it's very much about, like, the journey being on the road and something. In in I, I just can't see any reason for them to go on this adventure while that place is still around. And I feel like that would help you get around the fact that, you know, this new love interest might get fridged or whatever. If you have mm. the entire camp sort of burning, everyone scattered, you know, you've essentially ruined Ellie's home, all of her ties, mm-hmm. all of her relationships, her, her family, essentially, you know, she's lived there for years and years by this point. And I feel like mm-hmm. if you get rid of that, that's, that's more of a justification to, you know, get her out on this hateful revenge spree. And it means that Dina can perhaps still be alive and just kidnapped or scattered or found later on. 
What if Ellie is the one who burns it to the ground? Uh, I think that she is the one that burns it, but I don't know. I don't know if it's Tommy's camp. I think um, mm. I think it's definitely that house you see where she's where she goes in looking for Dina, like in the launch trailer mm-hmm. where she goes in, they grab her, and she's like, "Please don't do this." I think it's that house with the with the log fire in it, and I think she burns that house. Whether that's at Tommy's camp or someone else's camp that then comes after Tommy mm-hmm. in that lot, um, I think that that's a little bit more open. I think Josh is absolutely right in that it'd be an excellent driving force for these characters to have their beautiful home base that they've lived and loved in for ages taken away. Mm-hmm. But that's it, it. Feels like another nasty beat um, that they that they're smacking them with when it could potentially be something different but I don't know yeah I'm kind of like yeah stuff like that I, I think Naughty Dog are way more nuanced writers than doing stuff because we're kind of like speculating as, as if this was like a big like um, you know high production TV show and it's like well, what the hell's going to happen next season and like oh my god things are going to escalate but I think Naughty Dog are just a way more subtle I think Neil Druckmann is a way more subtle writer um, and there'll be I, I hope that a lot of those trailers are misdirection and obviously these screenshots are very carefully chosen um, yeah. by them as well because um, like, they show Tommy and stuff as well like Tommy hanging out with Jules some more they can flesh him out a bit more I didn't think he got um, that much screen time in the first one um, and I kind of want more to do with like his past like Joel and Tommy's history as uh, smugglers or whatever they were yeah that's what honestly that's why I keep giving Naughty Dog so much of the benefit of the doubt and keep almost I'm almost like an apologist for this uh, kind of like Dina <laughs> uh, sort of death plot because it would be mm. bad if, if she was just kind of you know used as a plot device but the way they've cut the trailers the way they've you know so far kind of manipulated what we have and haven't seen I feel like they are hiding some Thing quite big or they're leading us down one way just to pull the rug and I, I hope that's the case because like you said mm-hmm. even though we've seen quite a lot of footage at this point we haven't seen much gameplay but the trailers have been pretty lengthy we still mm-hmm. don't necessarily know what the plot is or how Joel's no. involved or what Ellie is truly going after like you said it's been heavily hinted that you know something happens to Dina and it looks like something definitely is going to happen to her whether it's death or being kidnapped or whatever but mm-hmm. it's still very very vague and there's it's mad that we were a month away from it being released and yet there was still so much oh, of the, uh, I know sorry just kick you in the shins uh, <laughs> at the moment but there was still so much we didn't know about the game Mm-hmm. I mean, like stuff like um, in the early trailers when they showed, uh, I'm sure it was like Ellie sitting with the guitar, which in one of the new screenshots they show, show Joel with the guitar. So obviously he's the one who teaches her. He says he's going to in the first game um, as like this random bit of dialogue. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm sure in the, one of the early trailers, if not the reveal trailer, she says that she wants to kill all the fireflies um, because doesn't isn't that what I think? It was it was kill them all. We weren't sure yeah. who the people were, but yeah, she said she's going to right, kill okay. them all. Yeah, because that was where the Joel ghost thing came from because it's her sitting playing with the guitar and then he's in the bedroom but he won't come in ghosts can't come into the room so I don't know <laughs> that's vampires that need inviting in come on <laughs> it's whatever fan theory needs it to be but um, yeah in regards to um, that stuff like obviously there's the Seraphites the other sort of um, hateful kind of makeshift religious group that they've shown that the whole clip the wings thing um, I remember doing a whole bunch of fan theory stuff as to what I think the term Seraph was this thing, this like fallen angel and things without wings I think that's what they're trying to debase people and bring them down to um, but yeah I mean I, I don't I think I'd be fine with with them at least broaching like a straight up revenge arc um, but that also seems too like basic like in terms of there's got to be like like we've always already said like more to it but I guess it's just in general like if they were opening with that stuff this is hey they take her away it's the Seraphites Ellie goes on a revenge kick like I don't know it's just based off sorry Ashko no no carry on no, no, you, you, yours was way more interesting than whatever I had to say. So <laughs> no, definitely no, hit me. Josh, I vote you, sorry. Oh, fine, I'll make it very quick. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, going off how they told the story in the first game, 
everyone went into that title expecting Ellie or Joel to die by the end, then obviously they didn't and subverted it. I feel like they did so well subverting the regular post-apocalyptic story in the first game that even mm-hmm. if they do start with the revenge plot in the second, it will transform into something a bit more nuanced and a bit more detailed. At least that's mm-hmm. the hope I have going into it anyway. Mm-hmm. What was the thing you were going to say? Uh, I was just going to say I don't. I think because Naughty Dog again, we all know that they're great writers and do wonderful things. Um, if they did take the first game and um, subvert it, so it's just Ellie going through Joel's uh, Joel's narrative beats. Like obviously he loses his daughter and gets his replacement surrogate daughter, and that's him like learning to deal with his hatred and grief and all that sort of thing. And then mm-hmm. we see Ellie's like visceral period of time where she has to go through that. I think that would also be a great reflection on how both of them change and how this world has changed them Um, so if it does follow some standard beats I think they'll be done exceptionally well but I don't think it's going to be predictable whatever we get I don't Mm. think we're going to be able to guess what it is whether it's ghosts or no ghosts or kidnapping (laughs) or killing werewolves and vampires I think you're right actually I think like the parallel between Ellie's journey in this game and Joel's uh, in the first will be like very very similar because Joel at the end of the first game he's been that sort of like hardened killer essentially he practically ruined Tommy's life in that one mm. exchange you get in the first game you know the, he made him do terrible terrible things to survive so he's seen how hatred sort of warps you but how it makes you into this you know survivor at the end of the day you do live but whether that leads to a life worth living you know Joel finds out at the end of the first game that's probably not true you know he has to soften he has to let people in he has to let Ellie in and that sort of changes him as a person so I wonder if we see Ellie in this game start to go down a young Joel path you know start to be that Mm. murderer at all costs you know do whatever at all costs to survive and then him coming in and being like look that only leads to hate and yeah. horribleness and you need to kind of stop this otherwise you're going to essentially become me and Joel just becomes that. Yoda like hey, leads to <laughs> suffering leads to the last of us three I am um, yeah I mean stuff like that I, I, yeah, I'm super curious like where the hell they take the idea of it like replicating like you know, her going back into a cycle of violence um, I'm so here as well for what kind of feels like a new age I don't know like a video game trope but like a literary trope where you sort of you analyse the end of where like a stereotype or an archetype ends like with Kratos it was like okay you had this big rage monster who just wanted to kill everything and and mutilate and destroy and it's like okay what if that guy got older and then had to live with that like what would that be like for this person to try and settle down knowing that they're a complete broken mess and could they ever love again do they deserve love and all that kind of stuff and that's kind of why I thought God of War was fascinating and then Uncharted 4 it's like okay Nathan Drake quip happy you know Indiana Jones type dude what if he settled down got a mortgage had a wife and was to had a salvage job like would he miss these big adventures and I'm like okay can you then apply that to Joel because we've had him on this you know crazy mercenary like he was on like a revenge kick too like in terms of embodying like taking Sarah and going on this big thing and destroying people's kneecaps to get Ellie back and things like that and it's like okay if he then settles down what does that guy even do like he's achieved everything what do you get from that? I think the question for this one is more going to be like, can you base a life on a lie? That's going to be the, mm. the the main like driving force of it, or like, what happens if you build a life on a lie, that, or, or you settle down in a false way? You know what I mean? It's going to mm-hmm. mirror those and parallel them, but it's it's all focused around this lie, isn't it? That's going to be mm-hmm. the the scary bit. <laughs> we should talk about um, the game as well because I think the there's a level of detail, there's a level of like graphical quality to this that is ridiculous. I think that Naughty Dog and Rockstar are pretty much level. 
Peggin. Like Red Dead Redemption Two looked outstanding, but I I don't know. I just, it's, it's probably just me, but I I can't get past it. I don't see it as a negative, um, but I do when I look at it and I look at this like opulent level of ridiculous graphical quality. I sort of only see the amount of time and hours and slaving away making sure that every blade of grass is in 4K and I'm just like do we like I'm not having a go at them for it but I'm just like I can't get past that do you guys like mostly just kind of where do you guys come down on that level of detail that they've managed to achieve that only really Naughty Dog and Rockstar have managed to do I like it a lot Scott I really I I, I, I do love it especially when it comes to Rockstar and Naughty Dog they're some of the only studios like you said who can achieve this level of detail and Mm -hmm. I do think it has a genuine tangible impact on the game as well because it makes the game world feel more immersive and the characters Mm -hmm. feel more real like even something I was watching something about Uncharted for the other day in the way Nathan Drake brushes past Sam and he puts his hand on him like that weird intimate moment there like you wouldn't get that in 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 a different sort of you know single player game and it's those little details for me that that really I don't know they add something to the overall story they add something to the characters that at the end of the day I think it's worth it obviously we get to the whole topic of you know crunch and you know whether mm-hmm. or not you target treating their staff right and obviously that stuff is like abhorrent but mm-hmm. I feel like there is a way you can address you know the idea of crunch culture without mm-hmm. getting rid of these smaller details because you know even in those exposés that you know, Kotaku has done and stuff. All of the developers seem like they they, they want they want to make these yeah. animations so good. They want to put the time in. Just you know that mentality gets abused and manipulated by you know these higher ups in the companies and stuff. So yeah, they, yeah. I was going to say, my, think, my yeah. thing is not, um, like, yeah, the, the, the whole, like you said, the crunch thing is almost like a, a separate issue in terms of, like, the way that, like, yeah, some devs, you know, you, you have to all make sure you're working, like, 12, 14 hours, all the, the executives are coming by, make sure you're there to be seen and stuff like that. Um, it's more that on a, on a certain level, um, on a, a purely artistic level, like, it's like, how much is this stuff necessary? Like, that's always my thing, because I don't know if you guys played uh, Thomas Was Alone. Maybe? I didn't. No. Thomas Was Alone is a story of just multiple little pixels um, and the whole story is done through voiceover um, and text on screen um, and they give each pixel a, a character and it's oh, ridiculous yeah. how yeah. effective that is <clears throat> as I die and uh, even things like you know there's a little small um, like a big wide square one and he's worried about his weight he thinks he's a little bit overweight and there's like a, there's a tall one who thinks he stands out from the crowd and he's a bit self-conscious and everything and I just think like that was the game that really put it up there how much you don't need any of this stuff um, and I just for Red Dead 2 that game looked absolutely phenomenal but like I don't know I'm just kind of like yeah there's a level of immersion there's a level of like graphical fidelity but you could you could probably do all of this without this level kind of thing I think so but I think how close this game like the first game is to so many people's hearts and what a seminal point it was in gaming and all these other things about it people are going to want as much of The Last of Us 2 as they can physically <laughs> insert <laughs> into their eyes and it's the sort of thing where if they make it to the highest quality they can in our current climate um, it'll last a hell of a lot longer than it would otherwise like the first Last of Us I still think stands up with the remastered version and totally. everything so I think putting it at this point and doing as much as they can and having this proper engaging open detail world is um, part and parcel of its legacy mm-hmm. yeah, I think I they make a statement with it yeah yeah, I think when it comes to like a studio, you know, like Naughty Dog, part of their appeal is this attention to detail, you know what I mean? Like their combat and their gameplay is always good, but it's never, you know, for my money, it's not industry leading, whereas the animations and, you know, the writing, that's the, those are the elements that everyone always holds up. So I, I think you would genuinely lose something if you didn't have 
you know, something like the attention to detail firing on all cylinders. Hmm. I remember in Uncharted 4 when that video did the rounds of like, oh, if you shoot the uh, the pebble pile, one of the pebbles falls and then the whole thing cascades down. And I was like, that would have taken someone like a week, a couple of weeks, a month. I don't even know, like longer than as long as it should have taken to make some pebbles fall. And I'm just kind of, I look at that stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff in a certain game that I can't talk about um, that is just, you know, there's a load of different details. And I'm like, I look at it and I go, that's a very, that's a very well rendered thing. But I just don't, I don't need it. And it's more just me griping but sometimes when I look at the games like this like like I said on the level that Naughty Dog and Rockstar are at um, I do I, I look past it and I go oh that looks amazing and I, but I can only really I see all the people just there going like did you like the we made oh, the we made the leaves move I think that really <laughs> depends on what they're paying attention to if you know what I mean like mm. if it's um, it, it's like if you play those games that have like massive attention to detail on jiggle bones and titties then um, <laughs> that kind of changes uh, where, where you see where, yeah. Yeah, where you see the people like I, I see people in something that breaks my immersion whereas I think um, when it's making a world so close to reality as they can I, I've, I, I really like that but yeah only if it's done in the right circumstances and with the right mm. respect paid to the people that are doing it but yeah I think it's just a great technical feat and I think it makes um the last of us the world that it is so yeah i mm-hmm. i don't look at it and go oh no it's uh, it's too detailed i, I think <laughs> the detail is is important to it to be honest yeah i'm gonna see what it, how it feels like in the end but i just um yeah part of me is just so aware of the teams that just slave away for weeks and months even if they want to doing this I'm like, you could have put like like josh said the combat like the gameplay is not industry leading but maybe it could be if they put as much effort into the combat and the gameplay as they do into the the visuals and like i said the general sort of depths of fidelity um, but yeah, we should talk about the um, combat and stuff. Like, is there anything from the original that you want changing? Like, sort of gameplay improvements that you think were missing from the original? More Ooh. bricks. Put more bricks in it. Because <laughs> they're the best weapon ever. And they're the, they're the only thing I need, Scott. I don't need more bullets. I don't need more weapons. Give me more bricks. Mm. Give me more balls. More things Give me too. tiny little pebbles. I can skim off people's heads. <laughs> and then I'll be... Hey, look. They, they can solve the problem I have by making that stuff a gameplay mechanic. If you can chip <laughs> off a little bit of the rock and then pick it up, and then you've got a makeshift throwable, then that immediately solves everything for me. So I would take all that stuff. Um, but not to worry. The um, We might as well end on a question from the hashtag WCGP over on Twitter uh, who from, from Chris Lickley I thought that was Chris Lickey which is a, a good name uh, Chris Lickley um, who says during these strange times how much of an impact do you think lockdowns will have on the gaming industry through gaming consumption and also development now, obviously we touched about that stuff on that stuff before but have you guys found yourselves playing more at the minute or are you like are you losing yourselves in games more um, my, I spoke about this um, on Wednesday. It's it's mm. it's mainly been that I'm taking so much time on the games that I am playing. So mm. like Doom Eternal is taking so long because I'm doing every collectible, everything um, that I, I'm kind of spending more time than I would just hammering through something. And like when I get Resident Evil Three, that's going to be a long like eke out as much as it as I can. As I can. Uh, whereas I know other people are kind of shifting to I can consume this many games in this much time, and I think that's a good way of spending it as well. Um, uh-huh. I think I think they're a great way of taking you plopping yourself out of this reality and into another the one for a little bit and um there's nothing quite like that other than gaming so mm. i think they're they're great at the moment um as for lockdowns on the industry i think it's just it's just the delays isn't it that's the mm. the thing that's come from this the there was there was like a wider ramification in terms of like e3 got cancelled and different trade shows have been cancelled and there was a lot of um tweets doing around some different indie devs just saying like you don't realize how important those conferences are in terms of people making connections and being able to get uh, funding for projects and stuff um so i guess there is that but obviously until those stories get detailed you won't know the the, the actual impact of it yeah. um but yeah josh have you been living on doom 3 as i've heard uh, oh yeah doom 3 is 
the best game of all time. I just want to put that out there. But no, uh, like... Is it not Far Cry 2, man? <laughs> they both, they can both be joint. You know, it's fine. Do please, Far Cry 2. Metal Gear Solid 2. It's the holy trinity. But uh, yeah, I, I, I originally did what Ash was doing by taking my time on Doom Eternal. But since I've finished that, I've just gone absolutely mad and I'm playing about <laughs> six games at once, which I never do. I normally focus on one and I've got That's a bunch of different ones on the go. I'm going to get Resi 3 and Catherine tonight and I do feel like you, Scott. I don't know how you do it. Like if I wasn't in a lockdown, I'd have no time. I wouldn't even be able I to just wash. do it. The uh, I ended up buying that Modern Warfare 2 remastered thing just out you're, of you're sheer impulse. Well, because I didn't know that it's not actually the new gameplay. I was like, oh man, the new gameplay, the 2019 Modern Warfare with Modern Warfare 2's campaign, that'll be brilliant. It's not that. PSA, it's just the original one with a reskin and barely a reskin at that. And even when I looked at the screenshots beforehand, I was like, don't worry, it doesn't matter because it's going to play phenomenally. No, it's not. It's going to play like 2007. It's just, what a waste of money that is. I haven't even opened it. I just have it on the dashboard. I love this. The man who doesn't care much about detail has just bought a detailed remaster of a game. And then got annoyed. No, I got it for the gameplay, which isn't there. I thought it was going to play yeah. like the new Modern Warfare, and it doesn't. Um, so that's that's a big catastrophic misfire. Um, but yeah, I've just I've been literally that I I don't know how I've completely lost track of time. But I do know that I've, I've been up till three a.m. Uh, for too long now, <laughs> and my life is a mess. And um, but you'll see why uh, soon. But um, yeah, it's just the I, I think for me I, I keep getting lost and stuff. But Animal Crossing is is the the main one for me because um, awesome. it's just that game. Yeah, like yeah, it's wholesome. It's it's kind of like it's twee and nice and the first time a villager ran up to me and said my name and then gave me a, a parcel of present um, it, it melted me I thought that was amazing um, but it's also that you can only you just dip into it and you do as much as you want and you leave it and there's no like there's no um, you know pressure there's no time pressure if you want to just do 10 minutes you can check in and go hey morning everyone have a nice day and you can come back the next day there's something about that drop in drop out thing that for me has been like just amazing to slot into everything else um, to try and stave off the insanity um, but yes yeah, so for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast, and I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ash Mormon. Goodbye. I'm Josh Brown. Goodbye. Bye. Ah. I probably could have done some sort of question at the end there. Let <laughs> no. us know on no. social media, but I need sleep, so oh, well, don't, don't forget the hashtag. Yeah. Yeah? You did find the tag. It's a good tag. <laughs> nice See fun. ya. You'll find it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.